This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the miniatures gaming podcast where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. Okay, well, I think this week my Facebook feed decided what we should talk about because it, it showed me lots of things that were inspirational, but what oh. I don't know. Before Facebook we get to that. for once? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll hear what you talk about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> before we get to that stuff that's not inspired by Facebook, your hobby right. stuff, what have you been up to this week? Three minutes. Did you hear that thud? I have heavier dice now. So oh, I went out on Amazon and I bought some metal dice because it was like cheap. I don't know. It was just for fun. And so I've got a big ass clunky aluminum dice. It's pretty uh-huh. good. It's, it's like, you know, the normal steel dice are way too heavy. Oh, yeah, they'll so, break things. Yeah. yeah, they'll just break whatever. But these ones I feel like are pretty nice. They probably are not going to chip or anything they, they fall on. They're, they're, I feel like they're only a little bit heavier than – actually, probably a decent amount heavier than plastic dice. But they're pretty yeah. good. Um, but anyways, what I've been working on. So last time I said I started on my uh, – did I say I started on my, my Rama? I think you said you finished up a bunch of like space marine-ish things from a yeah. 3D site. So I just I, I finally finished my uh, my Namur, which I've been working on. So now for Infin- Namur is a unit in Infinity. She's like really awesome. I learned because after I finished her, uh, we had a tournament, and so I played in that, and I got to try her out immediately. Played three games, trial by fire. She's amazing, and I painted her nicely, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I think people are down on Rama. I don't know why. Maybe because the the new right. hotness in Infinity for assassin is assassins in that faction. So maybe it's just like the new hotness has left her behind. Um, I think there are some sort of weaknesses relative to um, assassins that. Mm-hmm rama has um their infiltrating stuff is kind of expensive yeah so although they have a bunch of decent units they're just a little bit too expensive but they did get a sunduk but right so they did get the sunduk but and the best sunduk but i think is the probably the neurocinetics ones because he goes right into the midfield with an ap spitfire and a light shotgun mm-hmm. uh so that's a pretty or you can take the Fuhrbach, which is also interesting, right? It's something that can kill heavies, yeah. Yes, exactly. Both of those things can kill heavies, and and, and heavies have to be worried about uh, fighting because he has neurocinetics, so he shoots. So, so I think I, I don't know. I tried it out. It was they were, like I I lost to Jordan, obviously, because <laughs> he's really good. But well, I, uh, I lost to him too, and I set up literally the dream of attacking his like yeah. giant heavy robot tag thing with hacking and double missling all at the same time you know i was trying to live the dream and uh, it didn't work still Uh, anyhow yeah apparently uh we just got to get good or something i thought what i did was i thought that was getting good (laughs) apparently not you didn't win uh i fought with my namur uh and she had a breaker rifle right and i decided to go and try to take out it was so annoying it was just the best I, she was fighting the best unit in the game though, so she was trying to kill a flash pulse bot, and uh, mm-hmm. he wouldn't die. And I kept on trying to use my Nemur, uh, because she has a because she's immune to flash pulses. Uh-huh. Anyway, but 
But the Flash Wilson wouldn't die. So that's basically what I did in terms of miniature gaming. Played that game, tried my, my number and everything like that. Played the tournament. Just really fun. All right. I'm, really, I'm actually really into Infinity right now. So yeah, well, is that. For my 20 seconds that are left, for I did do stuff for Infinity for that tournament, which was finish off the table of Infinity terrain that I've been talking about and brought it to the tournament. So That's true. That's pretty awesome. I did that. Yeah, I noticed. I was like, oh, where did this terrain come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got a, a couple of nice uh, terrain tables that is used with like cut up old paper infinity terrain. So before they had the heavy cardstock. So instead of like using that and have it be destroyed because it's you know light cardstock, it's great for like getting into the game. But it ge- mm-hmm. eventually, you generally want to replace it with something tougher, right? But if you if you're also paying attention, it has a lot of clear coat on it. Oh yeah. So well, the important part is that. Uh, you used MDF terrain, and then you mm-hmm. put the you cut that terrain to size to put on the outside. So so we had some very simple MDF terrain that's basically just like boxes with um, roof roof uh, panels, like roof. Uh, what do you call it? Little parapets, like little roof yeah. walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roof walls. That's the important part. And then you just cut to piece, cut into place all those pieces. It looked great. It's awesome. Maybe I should take some pictures and post it to our Facebook group, you know. Yeah, anyway. That'd be cool. All so. right. So now on to the questions. Um, all right. I got a question. So uh, we've been working a lot on our game, right? And we're trying to make it uh, simple, as simple as possible, but no simpler, right? Uh, to keep interest for us when we play the game right so there's a lot of different games that are like beginner games you would think but but sometimes if it's too simple you kind of just inevitably grow out of it right because it's too simple right so yeah you kind of figure it out too easily so i guess my question is how simple is too simple for you two minutes Hmm. okay so i think back to my quick comment of like you figure it out I think the key is like surrounding that idea of figuring the game out where basically you come back to the game and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do the same thing I did over again. At that point, once you start having that experience over and over, like it's going to wear the game out. So obviously you don't want to drop below that threshold of where you can just like figure the game out really, really quickly. But then again, like with, with a game like ours, I think if you played it like three times a week for a few months, you might actually figure that out. So, I don't know. I'm trying to quantify that, though, in terms of, like, how few rules you have, like, how long it takes to learn the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know how you quantify that, really, of, like, how quickly you can, like, feel you fully grasp the game. Because with Infinity, yeah. I don't feel like I fully grasp the game, and I've been playing it for years and years. Yeah, but, but I mean, they keep changing it, so you, you don't quite get that feeling, so, which is part of it. But I don't think that even if they didn't change it, I would feel like I'd entirely grasped it. So I don't. It's hard. How would you quantify that? Um, I think you're. It's you're kind of right. I feel like it. In my opinion, like you, I kind of agree with you. It's not. Uh, is that too simple? Is not necessarily that you've mastered it, but and but like you right you 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 will win all your games or you don't make mistakes Mm -hmm. but you kind of it's when you kind of are feeling deja vu when you're playing the game 
Yeah, that's why I sort of mentioned first, yeah. Right? So it's mm-hmm. it's when you're getting to a point where it's the game is not surprising you. Yep. Then or putting you into spots where you're like, oh my gosh, or putting you into spots where you you get you know something fantastic that happens, right? Mm-hmm. That just brings joy to you. That's probably you know that that could be an end of any kind of game, right? But the thing is, when things are too simple, that can often happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more easily, just because there's not as many things that are happening, yep. and so. But that doesn't necessarily mean like if you have a certain complication of a game, right? There's and there's certain kind of mechanics you can put into games that are much more like next leveling your opponent can keep mm-hmm. you you guessing all the time because when you're playing against a real person, yep. then giving them next level mechanics means you have like almost an eternal kind of treadmill where you're you're you're, you're trying to figure that stuff out, right? Yeah, that makes that makes me think of poker where the <clears throat> the base game rules are quite simple. But as long as you introduce that element where you're really playing your opponent, not just the yeah. game, then I think your game is complicated enough and has enough replayability. So maybe it does come down to that and not just pure yeah, mechanics. Just being able to yeah. read your opponent. But at the same time, you know, reading your opponent and they're they're kind of forever mechanics. This is why I kind of like this game, the card game Coup. Because it's basically almost all reading your opponent, right? There's very simple framework of of all the different roles, and then the rest of the and the game is just trying to figure out whether your opponent is lying or their strategy at that time. Right? Yeah. So, so I guess basically our answer is that if there's not some sort of way of bluffing your opponent in the game that can be fun, then the game is probably too simple for what we like. Because we got to wrap this up. We've we've gone to three minutes. So. No, okay. I guess. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I guess the problem is. I guess we don't know how simple is too simple. That's a good we question. We can't, maybe we, we can't should answer that. We should expand minutes. that out. Yeah, to a full uh, podcast mm-hmm. and talk about it more. All right. I guess I will go for one. So, been thinking about like this is this is. Well, I'm not going to say. Oh, I will say how this came off the Facebook feed. I was looking at Facebook feed and it was advertising Rem Racers to me. Which, for those who have not seen it, it's basically a board game where you race cars around a track made by Corvus Belly. And because we like Infinity, you probably thought I like it. But it got me thinking, like, should most miniature game companies who are, like, a decent size put out board games to just try and, like, rope the non-miniature gamers in? Uh, okay. Four minutes. So we got one after this. Um, I don't know if I would say a blanket like, no, uh, yes. I don't think all everyone should do it. Yeah. But I think it is. There is definitely some good reasons to do it. Um, especially, but I don't know if you necessarily want board games. But I think having smaller games that can kind of drag people into your larger game systems and, and and things like that is a really good idea like you look at we, we talked a lot about how games workshop their strongest thing is actually not their miniatures right how nice their miniatures look it's their ip yeah right and how do you expand out your ip how do you get it out to more people right to see to, to have more people inter- introduced to it yep. having other smaller games right well, and they they even branched into video games which 
don't know, from mm-hmm. younger people, I've, a lot of them have heard of them that way. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in that way, I think board games, smaller board games with, you know, putting up that IP, right, uh, is a good multi-pronged strategy. But the, the issue is, like, making a good board game is not easy, right? No. So you have to put in a lot of effort. And if you're not a board game board game board game company you you won't necessarily have that kind of expertise if you're trying to make a game that's way out there right look at what happened with privateer <laughs> press right when they tried to do uh, a card the, the the card game the conquest or no no that's warhammer conquest no um it was commander something something war machine commander i don't know i don't know it was like a a deck deck builder, kind yep. of like Dominion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a bunch of decent ideas with it, right? And it, I think it was it's very pretty, right? Because it had all of this 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 art, which is another thing that makes it very a lot easier to push up board games. But at the same time, I don't feel like they baked it enough, right? Because I don't think they had necessarily the uh, the talent in the house. The ta- exactly the talent in the house to fully bake the games that they were creating right like there was definitely something there but they just i feel like they just didn't have that that kind of mindset or the the, the right kind of editing maybe and playtesting to make it really a good game even though you know they're they're game designers in another way so they could come up with some interesting mechanics right and and general systems but that like a lot of them are way overly complicated and there are a lot of weak points in it right Mm-hmm. Well then, I don't know if you remember. I, uh, I asked a question about about that to one of the art directors, and I was like, uh, "Is there a way to have like the cards with like more art on it? Because there, because the design was just like so packed with stuff on the cards, and I was like, you want to yeah. show the art, right? And the guy, the kind of the guy was like, "Yo, who the hell are you?" <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point mm-hmm. but i was just saying it would have been a lot cooler if the r was a lot bigger because that's what i really wanted to see right so yeah well it sounds like if they're going to make a board game they should really just partner with someone on the outside but the other thing is yeah. if i were them i would and i wanted to bring people into the space i wouldn't want to be building a card game i'd be wanting to put a game out there that gets a few miniatures in front of yeah. like more casual people just so they get acclimatized to the fact of these miniatures being in front of them because yeah. like the board you want people to be able to make the leap like going all the way to having a fully modeled board in front of somebody mm-hmm. who's a casual i just i just think of people like that i know that i would like try to like share the hobby with and that'd just be too much for mm-hmm. them but board games with a couple minis i don't think would freak them out so that's why it just yeah. it seems like the right avenue but that card game you mentioned yeah it doesn't it doesn't get the miniatures in front of them so i don't i don't even see it being a good avenue to introduce other people I think there's there's the art and everything like that, which can mm-hmm. be, make people interested. So I do think that it was a decent way to kind of expand out in general, especially if you're talking about how strong you want your company to be, right? And this is also mm-hmm. another revenue stream because even if your board games do not sell like the, the same people to try out your other games, that's another kind of audience that you can get to, right? Assuming you're actually making money on your board games, not losing it, right? But that's a, a bigger deal because, you know, these are – like adjacent um uh adjacent um what do you call it uh industries right Mm -hmm. but they are kind of quite they have slightly different audiences right at least what 
even if it's the same person, it's just like, you know, when you're selling selling someone on a board game, it's it's kind of different than when you're selling them on miniatures games, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to say, like, one thing that I think worked really well is when the same company, Privateer Press, uh, created Monster Apocalypse, right? Now, Monster Apocalypse is a hybrid kind of board game slash miniatures game, right? You could argue it's a miniatures game with spaces, but it was somewhat, at least initially, it was like selling out into more of the board game kind of market, right? Yeah, it played, looked like it played like a board game. Yeah, so that's, that's the I, kind of thing, right? Where, and they, they tried to, I think it would have been decently successful if they sold directly into the board game market, except that they partnered with a company that, uh, you know, was a con. Oops. It was a pyramid scheme. Yeah, well, I didn't mention this last time. Yeah, I'll never know if it would work. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. I don't know if we concluded if it really they should do it. Another yeah, uh, yeah. Another another question that should be expanded out into a full podcast. Maybe our thoughts are too deep. All right. All right. You got one. Yes. Sure. Uh. So. Uh. You know, we're creating our game. And I've been thinking a lot about like starting games, and I've be, I, I've played a bunch of other like smaller games recently because we just came back from Gen Con, right? We, who's um, we? And <laughs> I, I'm glad you sorry, felt not I was you and I. You're right. You're right. I and you spiritually and your soul. I know I took your soul when I went there. I know you were missing it somewhere, somewhere deep inside there. Uh, so uh, I guess my question is, what do you think is like? the best starter set that's on the market or that you can think of Ooh. one minute exactly 10 minutes oh my gosh it's not like last time where we went on with like 10 topics what's the best starter set Jeez, the stupid gw starter sets are too big yeah. the infinity starter sets are too hard to build <laughs> for, for a very beginner War Machine shot themselves in their nether regions. Otherwise, I would have gone with them. <laughs> really? Frig. Their starters had the right number of guys in them before that you could just sort of tackle and kind of feel like you could get sure. into the game with their two-player boxes. But now? Ooh, Kill Team. There we go. Kill Team has terrain. Reasonable number of models. Reasonably easy to build. Necromunda shot itself, so the community is not going to support it. I think Kill Team. Yeah, I'm going Kill Team on this one. All right. I'll go right now. My, I think I mentioned this on the, the my solo podcast. Mine currently is Battletech Alpha Strike. Hmm. That box has like 10, 11 minis or 12 minis. Yeah. So it's enough that you can play the thing. It comes with actually paper terrain as well and rules. Great thing, man. we got to go play it. That's all I'm saying. Although I don't have that starter set, actually. I bought it for my my nephew i just have a ton of minis i bought separately yeah well only the only downside is they're robots and oh we're out of time all <laughs> okay. right all right i guess that has been uh this episode of the six minutes if you guys have any questions you want to uh send our way anything you want us to answer or any comments at all uh give us a shout we'd love to hear from you at contact at diceovereverything.com or find us on facebook or dice over everything It's been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.